0: This is Horsepower Happenings!
1: Every once in a while you get to the racetrack and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man. It's I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll,
2: I'll never go back. Uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. Yeah. I'm too old. I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them.
3: Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews.
1: We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this: we are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Standball picked off. He's around Chase now. Jared Horstman up to. Third down the back straight away.
2: And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliger machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace the tire and get back out.
4: Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. So this is Barry Marlowe. This is 14 time ARCA champion
5: Ron Allen. This is
6: three time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is
1: Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome into to Horsepower Happenings on a beautifully warm Monday evening in and around the Great Lakes region. Happy Independence Day, Observation Day, and uh, we're ready to get back into an exciting week of racing. we got to cover all the excitement that happened last weekend. First, before we dive in, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Chase Elliott, shocker, you won on a road course. Do I need to say anything more? For the first time in 65 years, the Cup Series at Road America. Elliott gets the job done. Elsewhere, Ernie Francis Jr. puts on a dominating performance at Lucas Oil Raceway, Indianapolis, during the Camping World SRX Series Saturday night. Francis held off Scott Speed in a late race restart to get the win. Brandon Shepard collected back-to-back Hell Tour wins over the weekend, starting with a $10,000 to win affair at Brownstown Speedway before collecting another 5 dollars at Lincoln Speedway. Sammy Smith cashed in $20,000 after winning the Cars Tour American Freedom 300 at Jennerstown Speedway Saturday night. Jesse Love put a mark in the win column Saturday with the Arca Menards West Series after muscling his way by Dean Thompson. In the Napa Auto Parts 150 from Irwindale Speedway. And that's just the tip of the iceberg on things that happened over the weekend. Good evening. Welcome in. Those things and much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me, thank God, after a busy and long weekend in northern Michigan. How you doing, sir? <laughs> I, you know, I had a great time up in God's
2: country uh, Friday at Tri-City. Uh, t- took the camper out on its maiden voyage that I had picked up over the winter. Um, and then you know gotta tell you know Zach but we got to tell the fans um just how close I w- almost wasn't to making the show tonight yeah you were about uh, ten minutes every- right <laughs> Oh blew a tire out on the trailer on the way back and then six accidents stopped me I turned I turned a quality three hour drive into seven hours. Only I can do
1: that. <laughs> Unreal, man. Well, glad you made it in time to do the show tonight. What is going on, man? A lot of fun. We'll get to the stuff that you did over the weekend on the dirt, but a lot of fun had elsewhere around the state um, with some big holiday weekend racing.
2: Yeah, it kicked off uh, on Friday at Corrigan Oil Speedway. And, um, you know, Phil Bozell uh, was looking for another win in his Outlaw Late model. Uh, he had pretty. He's pretty much been dominating there in the Outlaw so far in 2021. And he started second uh, on uh, Friday night in the Wild Child 100, uh, right beside Jimmy O. Smith on the front row uh, Friday night at Corganola Speedway. Smith was able to ed- edge his nose out front after the first lap, but that would be the only lap anyone else would lead uh, on this night as Phil gained the advantage on lap two and was never seriously challenged the rest of the way. Action was happening behind him, however, as drivers traded paint and positions through the field during the 100-lap grind. Only four cautions slowed the event, Zach, with uh, Phil Bozell able to hold off any and all challengers on the restarts, uh, including his father, Andy. Uh, A lap four caution for John Lewidge uh, spin brought out an interesting moment when when race number three winner Dan Leak and Frank Giovanni were both sent to the rear for a choose rule violation. Uh problems uh for a stopped Josh Hahn on lap six brought out the second yellow. And the next caution didn't fly again until lap 39 when Austin Thiel got together with Craig Everage, who was running third at the time and sent him around. Uh, The damage was fatal as Everage was not able to return. At this time Landis, who had to start the race 19th, made his way up to seventh. But he, he was doing it unlike anyone else on the racetrack. He was using the outside line coming off the corners uh, and catching drivers off guard. Uh, a lap 43 caution for a stop. Blake Childers uh, brought the field together for the last time as the race would go 57 green, la- green flag laps to the finish. Landis restarted sixth on the final restart, drove his way around uh, Andy Bozell to third by lap 57 and got around Jason Felver for second on lap 73. Landis uh, did cut the deficit on Phil, but it was too great to overcome and had to settle for a runner-up finish. Uh, Bozell takes a commanding point lead with the victory. Felver was third, followed by Andy Bozell, Justin Clorty, Doug True, Adam Terry, and Dan Leak. The last car on the lead lap, Blake Childers and Tyler Heaney, rounded out the top 10. And, uh, you know, we had we had horsepower happenings reporter Big Ed Inlos uh, in the pits uh, after the race, and he caught up with your top three drivers, including Jason Felver.
7: All right, folks, staying here with Jason Felver, third place to run in the Wild Child 100 tonight, Super Late Model race at Corrigan Oil Speedway. Uh, tight race, 57 green flag laps to end it. Tell us about it. Yeah, we well, you know we didn't have a real good run in the heat race, got trapped, so we had to start. You know pretty far back in the field and uh, a lot of good cars here you know i was trying to save a little stuff so i thought i might be able to make a run at phil and uh i just got a little too free up off you know as that long run and i, I started losing a little bit of brake pedal so i had to back her down but Getting beat here by Phil and Jack Landis sure isn't that bad. I know, yeah, Jack started 19th. Did you feel him go by? Oh yeah, (laughs) I I seen him out there and there was no sense fighting too hard. He was hooked up good. Yeah, it reminded me of like 15 years ago or so when he was winning championships out here. The way he runs that outside is a little different from everybody else, isn't it? Oh yeah, Jack, he's got the outside dialed in here. Mm -hmm. I I tried to follow him a little bit, but he, he was just too fast. Do you draw yourself or who draws for your team? Well, we've been sharing because I haven't been doing that good either, but uh, today we didn't do, we did real bad. Whoever's drawing for Phil, I think that's who you need to talk to. Yeah, I think it's his kids. I told him I need his kids to draw for me too. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Who do you need to thank, Jason? I definitely want to thank, really, Tom Hernley's doing a hell of a job here here at Smart Speedway. He puts on great shows. Central Michigan Industries main beverage red cedar hoops. Uh, there's so many. I know I'm forgetting about yeah. We'll catch him next time. Okay. All right. Bye. Thanks, Jason. Thanks.
2: And as we talked about, uh, you know, Jack Landis making a heck of a run from 19th to the runner-up spot, and uh, Big Ed caught up with Jack after the race as well.
7: Oh, uh, man. Days of old came back there, Jack. That was a, just a great run from 19th to 2nd. Tell us about it.
6: Uh-huh. Oh, you know... Uh,
7: just trying to get a run on the outside of him,
6: you know? That was That's some Charlie Ryan shit right it there. It was. I'm it, telling you, dude. It, it was. I mean, we had a caution somewhere down into that, and I got to thinking about Oh Charlie, and you know, he taught me that move, because if you could sit, if you could come back, then when I first started coming up here, I thought, how does he do that? Right. You know, so I had to start watching him because if I was gonna go anywhere you had to get you gotta get on the outside here.
7: And very get few of you guys can yeah. make that move. to uh, Charlie, like Charlie did you it. You did yeah. it in a lot of your yeah. wins here too. Yeah. What well, yeah. you've you're nobody else was doing that. Yeah. Now yeah. up in turn four, it looks like you're gonna take down the wall <laughs> from my perspective, but you you never even come close to it. Never part. come close. Yeah.
6: You yeah. got it measured pretty well. Yeah, it was pretty good though, yeah. It was pretty happy. The car was good. Thank you guys to help me though. That 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 all that, uh, that all helps. So
7: did you have some problems there? Because in the heat race you just tagged back or were you just saving some tires? Yeah, that you had to get third or better to get
6: in the redraw. Right. And then I didn't want to risk it. That's I have seen a couple ugly heat races and I'm kinda glad I did what I did. And we, we knew we weren't we're not much different than the last time we were here. So uh I knew we had a pretty good piece probably for a long run. What would you get for a yellow in the last 50 laps there? <laughs> you know, I, I thought I had a chance when, before we got to the lap cars that split us up. I was kind of rolling in a little bit. And then when I just lost too much ground and then right. I, I knew I was going to burn up whatever I had left just to get to it. So I kind of laid back. I'm like, man, a caution. Let's have a caution. And then I don't even know if I had
7: anything because he was pretty stout. at We all wanted to find out. <laughs> yeah. Everybody in the grandstand sitting by me was going, oh, a caution. No, it would be so problem. good yeah. right now, man. Yeah, that's all right. Who do you need to thank? Oh,
6: I just thank the guy that owns it, Mark Matson. He lets us do it. And then all of his sister companies that own
7: all this stuff that gives us the extra dough to go out here and play. I love it. Well, thanks for the great show and a a little uh, flashback there for some memories, man. It was great. I'm telling you. Hope to see you do it again, man.
2: I told you. And, Zach, uh, anybody that listens to this show has heard from Phil Bozell on multiple occasions in in this 2021 season. And why is that? Because he keeps putting that number eight machine in victory lane, and Ed caught caught up with him as well.
7: (laughs) Well, I'm standing here with Phil Bozell. Three out of four here at uh, Correganao Speedway. How's that feel? Feels pretty good. Um, as good as that feels, though, it's it's good to see a full field of
3: cars and a crowd here. It's, it's pretty amazing. We love this place. It's just a racer's racetrack. You can it, just one of those feel-good things. I mean, we, we have fun when we get here. Our family's all here. It's just uh, we've been working hard on our race cars. And, uh, we we said this year we weren't going to go to the racetrack unless we were 100%. We it showed we bring good everywhere we went. And, uh, they said Jack Landis was coming, and I actually tried to talk myself into running the top because I think it was better, but uh, I just couldn't get myself to be up there. So, uh, got another one. Can't think Tony any the enough and all our guys for all their hard work, and uh,
7: hopefully just keep the roll going. Yeah, Jack is reliving some old memories of old Spartan here. He was making that high move and turn for the old Charlie Ryan one, Jr. He was coming. A yellow would have made it interesting, I think. Yeah, on the if we would have had
3: a yellow, I would have picked the outside for sure, because I think it fires better. And you can drive straighter up on four. And uh, I could tell when I passed the lap car, it wasn't so much on one and two, but three and four was way better on the top. There was so much more drip yeah. off up, up there. You can drive off straighter, harder, and not. Uh, so it would have been interesting. Jackie's a great racer. I would have loved to get another restart next time. That would have been awesome. I had a couple next to my dad, and uh,
7: just a, just another good night. We'll take it. and Keep rolling with it. What the talk in the pit area seems to be is everybody wants to know who's drawing for you, and if they could start drawing for them also. Actually, my daughter's been drawing for me, and I think she might start charging for it. I, she can
3: make some money unless I think. she uh, starts having bad luck for me. Then we'll uh, have to talk about it. But she's been drawing for me. That's another fun thing for the fans i mean we've been lucky this year getting a good draw there ain't no doubt about it me as a racer i would just as love to come from the back to the front and one of these days i'm going to get that draw and i'm going to take it and go with it and drive as hard as i get to the front and and somebody else might draw the pole and get that win but uh that's just one of the things that they've added here at spartan or corrigan oil speedway tracy and tommy uh just another aspect that makes it better for the fans, and they uh, just hope it
8: keep working for them.
7: Yeah, yeah, well, you know, take them draws that they come, you know, they're okay. good luck. You never know when it's going to be the other way around. That's for sure. I've heard uh, nobody's ever uh, complained about winning right. a lottery and
3: getting good lottery exactly. numbers, so we'll keep rolling with it. Who you need to thank? Uh, Tony Leclerc, first and foremost. Uh, performance racing engines, awesome horsepower under the hood. Amsoil Performance Products, uh, Synthetic Lubricants, Lynn Peterson's been on a sponsor car all ever since I've been started. He's been on sponsor ads for 36 years, which is impressive. Uh, next Generation Lawn Care, FK Rod Ends, Outerwares, Sweet Manufacturing, Lane Automotive, All Star, uh, Barrett Smokehouse, uh, Shaheen Chevrolet for supporting the racetrack, Northside totally nat, the guys. They make this possible, not just our sponsors, the track sponsors do. And we got to thank all them guys. Here. Is this the lucky,
7: lucky draw right here? That is the lucky drawer. Wow, I've heard you. Everybody wants you to be on their pit crew. No, oh, thank you so Thanks, much. Congrats on
2: all, So, Zach, uh, the Outlaws sounds like they had a great race up there at Corrigan Oil Speedway uh, on Friday night. Uh, but the Modifieds had a full weekend. For themselves as well
1: yeah man what a show 35 midwest modified tour modifieds were on property to fight for 24 starting positions in the wild child 75 blake rose at fast time on the evening with a new track record for the modified tour with a 13.456 around the tight quarter mile top 16 in qualifying there in the main event the remainder of the field going to one of two last chance qualifiers which one were won by uh, Matt Vayner and Buddy, Buddy Gray. A nine-car invert put Greg Fullerton on the pole, Brad Springer beside him. Springer edged his car in front for just a few circuits, but cautions flew early and often to keep the field close. Lap 12, Jason Parrish had worked his way under Springer for the lead. Just six laps later, Tracy Hurley tried to do the same thing, but contact Springer spins third caution of the night. Ten laps go without a caution. Rowe had moved into sixth when a lap 28 caution flew again for Buddy Gray. Just seven more rotations, Rich. And then there was another caution. Dimmitt spins in turn four. Three laps after the restart, Rowe moves into second place, sets his side on the leader, but on lap 41, Justin Knofsinger snailed turn three into the fence, bringing out another caution, which actually resulted in a red flag for cleanup. During the slowdown, Rowe somehow made contact with another car, sending the 57, sparking heavily into the pit area and marking the end of the night. Rowe would be scored in 14th. Lap 41 restart. Parrish regains the lead, momentarily losing it on lap 45 when Jeff Gannis, Gannis made an outside move diving to the inside of Parrish, going into turn three. It resembled a dirt track slide job. The two never touched. Gannis drove it hard off turn four on the high side to take the lead, and he would not relinquish it. A lap 51 caution that turned red for Tony Pastorino slowed the race for a final time. Pastorino was running in the top five since lap 10 before he blew out the bottom end of his engine. Gannis held off Parrish on the restart, and Parrish was left to battle. Walt Obrinsky Jr. for the second position, At least that's what it was at the time. Obrinsky climbed up to the high side. The two ran side-by-side, lap after lap, and finally on lap 60, Obrinsky won the battle and took over the second spot. Parrish, David McNannis, they would contest the third position for the final 15 laps. Gannis gets the win, but he was disqualified after failing post-race technical inspection, which was performed by the Midwest Modified Tour. This handed things over to Obrinsky, his second on the Midwest Modified Tour season, and it made him eligible for a thousand dollar payday at Springport mid Michigan Speedway the next night. We'll talk more about that. Parrish held on for second, followed by McManus. Fullerton and former champion Kyle Purvis in fifth. Hernley came back for sixth. Aaron Taylor, Jackson, Cole Carper, and Dimmitt completed the top ten. Now, Rich, of course, Big Ed was on location. He was ready. He did the interviews. And then he called me Saturday morning and he goes, um, so all these interviews are junk now <laughs> because of the uh, uh, because of the disqualification. So Ed went to Springport on Saturday morning to talk to these guys about how things went, starting with third-place finisher McManus.
7: All right, I'm standing here with David McManus, third place in the Wild Child 75 at Corrigan Oil Speedway here on Friday night. Uh, you were running up front most of the night, mixing it up with all them guys up front. Tell me about your ride, David. Uh, It was a good time, but starting 10th in the beginning, I was pretty
3: concerned, you know, Spartan's real tight quarter mile. So first half was just trying to survive and, um, you know, running Jeff Gannis real hard there in the middle of the race, I felt like I had to use my tires more than I wanted. But, um, you know, we we got up to second at one point and ended up falling back to fourth and, and rode around there and made a late effort on Jason Parrish there on
7: the last lap, and I wish I'd have done that about a lap sooner. Right. Well, it, it was tough there in the beginning. All them cautions, uh, whether you got stuck on the inside or outside, or who was in front of you, really made a lot of cars move back and forth. But you seemed to stay above that fray a little bit. Yeah, we were
3: consistent, definitely. But, uh, you know, the top six cars, they're all really good cars. more than that. The top 10 cars. I right. mean, there were 35 in attendance and, and it was just tough. You know, a lot of good competition.
7: Who do you need to thank.
3: Uh, absolutely. My sponsors, they're Rat Tech Engineering and uh, How Racing Enterprises both help us out a whole bunch and state building company can't
7: forget them too thanks david
1: well uh not to be forgotten as the whole thing shook out parrish ended up with a second place finish on friday night and uh ed was able to catch up with him saturday morning as well
7: standing here with jason parrish crossed the line third but finished second in the wild child 75 here at corrigan oil speedway after a post-race inspection uh how do you feel about that jason
0: Oh, that's all right. I mean, we had a really good car. uh led a lot of laps. Um, it was really good at the beginning. Red flags, kind of. We had a lot of red flags there, and that kind of cooled my tires down, uh, changed things up for me a little bit. Ended up getting tires pretty hot there towards the end, and, you know, towards the end, I was just kind of hanging on. Yeah, well,
7: with about 15 to go, that's when uh, you and Walt had a pretty good battle there. You guys were side by side for quite a few laps. Before Walt finally got ahead, you guys are kind of developing a little bit of a rivalry. Yeah, you know, we we raced together a lot of years.
0: Uh, we raced clean. You know, my spotter told me that you know he was looking to the outside. Uh, at that point, I knew he was faster. Than me. I really couldn't. I my throttle straightaway speed was not really there at that point, so I kind of gave him room out there and you know let him out there, but you know I didn't give it to him. I, I made him work for it. What do you need to thank, Jason? Uh. Canfield Custom Properties, uh, the Hotel Tavern in Springport. Uh, Heaney's Garage, you know, thanks for the you know the wild child. You know, Brian Heaney, you know, loved him. But, you know, his father and, and his family, you know, real close to me, and they built my motors. So, you know, all the fans that came out and uh, Corrigan Oil Speedway and all their staff.
7: Thanks, Chase.
1: Well, now, Walt Obrinsky Jr., he... Went on to win Friday night after the disqualification of Jeff Gannis. We know that. That put him in contention, Rich, for a $1,000 bonus on Saturday at Springport through the efforts of the Midwest Modified Tour. And, uh, well, he took the challenge and ran with it uh, because there were a ton of Midwest Modified cars that showed up in uh, Saturday night. Top 24, transferred to the show, A total of 39 open-wheel modifieds on the property Saturday at Springport. We missed a heck of a show. So a last-chance qualifier is run. B feature, that goes to Bud Adams, and uh, he gets to go into the show. 24 cars will start. At uh, the, uh, no, I'm sorry, top 24 locked in from qualifying. They ran a B feature just to run a B feature. So Bud Adams wins the B feature, improves 14 positions to take home the win. Now it's on to 45 laps, and Walt has a chance and an extra $1,000. He comes from the outside uh, of uh, the fourth row, starts in the eighth position, slowly, methodically works his way through the field, gets by Matt Dimmitt late in the race and goes on to collect the win and the extra $1,000 that went along with it. So because of that, we're bringing Walt on the program, and uh, we'll do that coming up just a little bit later on in the show, and we'll get his thoughts from the full weekend now while we're talking about springport they also ran oh and should i mention midwest modifieds ran for forty five hundred dollars to win on saturday plus the thousand dollar bonus is fifty five hundred and then whatever he won on friday night i mean walt my man you want to sponsor a podcast or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think
2: Walt, Zach, I think Walt had a pretty good weekend. I, I can't wait to talk to him later. First time on the program. Uh, it should be fun.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. And now, not to be forgot, $2,500 to win for the Outlaw Super Late Models on Saturday at Springport as well. That drew 16 of the area's best. Daniel Leak, coming from the 7th position, brought Jack Landis with him from 10th. Matt Frazier from 9th. Mark Shook from 8th. And it was Jeff Gannis who started on the outside pole. He was the big loser there and fell all the way back to fifth. And it would be Daniel Leek who, at the end of 50 laps, collected the $2,500 payday, Uh, Landis second, Frazier third, Mark Shook in fourth, Gannis in fifth. Brian Bergacre, he improved five positions to come home in sixth. And Buddy Gray was really the big mover in that event. He came nine positions from trunk, 16th, finished in seventh at the end of that one. Alex Hagen in eighth. Austin Thiel 9th and William Thomason rounded out the top 10 Saturday at Springport. All of that aside, Rich France, all of the drama that was with the Midwest Modified Tour, we aren't even talking about the dirt track racing yet. Yeah,
2: I was, uh, drama front and center this weekend, Zach, but I I had, let's start with Friday night. uh, After over a month off, the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series, supported by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Leap back into action in a big way on Friday night at Tri-City Motor Speedway. Uh, David Hilliker and Logan Nickerson would lead the field to green. Uh, 50 laps, $10,000 to win on the line. And Nickerson would pick up the early lead from the outside. Overall fast qualifier Brandon Thurlby showed his muscle early when uh, he worked around Nickerson on lap 10, but not before those two went side by side, lap after lap. It was a great battle. Uh, then several laps later, Thorby seemed to slow with a mechanical issue. He didn't he didn't leave the racetrack, but he lost several spots. Uh, Nickerson would pick up the race lead, but he would uh, wouldn't hold it for long as Schlenk would work around Nickerson. Uh, Schlenk would then, at the halfway point, open up over a one and a half second lead over a Dona Marquiliere who was making a charge to the front from his ninth starting position. At lap thirty-two, Marquiliere pulled to Schlenk's back bumper. As the duo navigated through lap traffic, as the laps wound down, Marculier got back to Slink, setting up a classic finish, Zach. With the white flag in the air, the duo was nose to tail, heading into turn one. Off turn two, Slink slides up the racetrack just a little bit, which would open the door for Marculier, who would sail it in on the bottom going into turn three. The duo makes contact. Marculier charges off of turn four and beats Slink to the line, to pick up the big ten thousand dollar payday, um, you know. In it, there was an issue in the technical inspection area after the event. Um, Rusty wasn't really happy with that move, so um, him and Dona had a conversation one on one back in the pits before anybody got back there. As soon as that de- got back from Victory Lane, um, I don't know if Rusty was happy with what he, what he heard from Dona. Walked away. And then, as fans can do or crews can do, it got out of out of out of hand from there. Uh, in the end, Rusty Schlenk disqualified. Uh, Dona Marculier picks up the win. Move the guys up the line, and so uh, I took that opportunity to get a hold of Dona and kind of get his thoughts on everything that went down. Back in the pit area, Tri-City Motor Speedway, following the uh, All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge series, and we uh, caught up with your winner, Dona Marculli, your first Dona. Uh, Let's start from the beginning of the race. You start ninth, you had a long way to go, and uh, a lot of cars to get through.
8: We haven't a lot of tires tonight, it uh, really fired good, and this just really drove up to like fifth right on our first five or six laps. And then just one, one where we got the to be able to get up there, and we finally got the second. And I think it was like 20 or 22 to go, and we really just waiting for the right time just to make, to make the right move. And the car's really good. I mean, we've uh, been working hard. This is our new car, or new to us, our 2020 White Island, it's just been great every time we've raced. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to say thank you to all my crew. And, Hopefully it was a good race for
2: fans. Lap 32, you catch up to Rusty, but you're stuck behind uh, lap traffic, and you guys are just kind of working your way through. Rusty works his way past uh, Cody, and you kind of didn't. Did you think at that point you were still going to have a chance to run him back down? Yeah,
8: when he, when he got next to Cody, Cody just turned left, and I stole the holes, when I did. And then lap traffic, later, you got to go. I mean, I mean, We didn't make hard contact. wheel, wheel. I mean, it's just hard, hard, line, hard lap traffic race. And there, you can't make mistakes like that because if you let that lap car slip in and your obviously drives away, and, and, you know, uh, it's just hoping no So second. But uh, so it's a good race. And, uh, I know there's some drama at the end, and, you know, I apologize for all the fans, me Mike, uh, you know, I'm just really happy for uh, Mike Black here, and Tyson Moore Speedway and the all-star, All-Star Channel Series and another one of my product sponsors, you know, All-Star Club Car. I'm just people for those guys to jump on board and uh, make this, uh, this a great deal in Michigan
2: got to talk to you, you're, you're, you're run rusty back down, um, you see the white flag, take me through that last lap. Yeah,
8: I, was just, I was really just being patient. Um, you know, we were there, and probably you we know, let's see, 10 to go, always there going on a frustration. You know, and I always had the lift getting into one, because that was where the group was. And, you know, I just lifted, I like just waited for the hole, we slipped up off a of two, and you know, I filled the hole, and we really didn't, you know, I mean, we didn't make hard contact, I mean, it's just hard racing, you know, last lap, last quarter, 10 grand to win. You know, we both didn't wreck. I mean, I mean, even seat medals tore up on the car. So it's just, uh, it's hard racing and, uh, you know, there's hard feelings. I know we've raced a lot in the past, but we uh, yeah, really
2: What's it feel like at Tri-City? Another $10,000 win here for you. Uh, do they ever get old? No, they never get old. They're,
8: they're, great. they're great for keeping a race car going down the road. I mean, uh, everybody knows how much these things cost. But, uh, you know, we've got some great sponsors. I mean, I've got uh, Patrick Plumbing. I mean, geez, I a life for he jumped on last year and bought a and bought some car and a motor and uh, you know he's never never given give us anything never, anything one he always gives us. You know, these construction, you know, a life you know, sponsor, you know, our good friends. I mean our, our race team isn't you know high dollar. You know, we're all buddies, you know, we all well we all enjoy this, and we all work hard and uh, you know, I just wanna make everybody like, helps us to be honest, you know. I mean uh, a C Shellspin, C Walls and Towas, you know, and he's another older friend. of I mean, we used to race late moms back in back in the early two thousands so, uh, just everybody. Uh, Matt Ryan some Amazing and Flowers and uh, my dad, my fiance, my, my, my crew guy, Jimmy, the tire guy for coming over every day to sleep and busting out tires for the uh, weekend. we or uh, decide what we're gonna do tomorrow and,
2: Got to make you feel good going it, and a lot of confidence going into Sunday.
8: Oh yeah, well, we've, been, we've actually been good all year. We haven't, as we were talking earlier, I've to race twice in the month of June. It's just, and uh, you know, we're just trying to just have some fun again, and uh it's time to keep our composure. You know, there's a lot of racing coming up. You know, next, next month or so, we're going to have you know Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday shows. We so we've been kind of keeping us fresh. Just want to thank everybody else, to be honest. You. I mean, uh, you guys in you know, the back. New bridge. Mm-hmm. You, Bridge, know, horsepower. Always love talking to you guys. So, uh, hopefully,
2: I can do a, job, do a good job for everybody. And, you know, Congratulations, Donut! Excellent run, and we'll talk to you on Sunday. Well, Zach, because of the disqualification, that moved Travis Stemmler up from his third finishing position to the runner up. And uh, Travis had a good view of what happened. So, I caught up with Travis uh, and kind of debriefed with him. Alright, uh, caught up with our second place finisher tonight, uh, Travis Demler. and uh, man, you started third, thought you were going to end up third, you end up bringing it home second, uh, 50 laps, green-white checker, kind of take me through your run.
4: Uh, yeah, we uh, we had a good car, this was the first night on the car, actually qualifying was the first laps on the car, we never had time to go practice, we were supposed to race last week, but... Um, First couple laps, we got behind, there was kind of a shuffle on the restart, and uh, then uh, once we got singled out, the car was really good. Um, you know, Dona and Rusty had really good cars, and we were right there, we just couldn't capitalize, but uh, I was really happy for the first night on this car. I gotta
2: ask you, uh, you know, you kind of had a pretty solid run, got close to him a couple times, lot of lap traffic tonight. Tell me how lap traffic affected you.
4: Uh, it kind of affected. I was uh, thinking that, you know, a lot of lap traffic would run the bottom just like the preferred groove, And they were really middle, bottom. So uh, one time it helped us. We caught those guys. And then the next time, you know, there was a guy up there. And uh, so we had to go back to the bottom. We were just a little too snug to run tight, tight to the bottom. and uh, But that's racing lap traffic's part of it. You get that. We get the white flag. And... Uh that's when
2: everything happens and you had the catbird seed. Kind of tell me what you saw.
4: Well, I knew those guys were getting close and I mean, 10 grand's on the line, it's it's gonna be a race. And uh, so I kind of come out of turn two and went through the middle and I was like, well, I think I should go high just in case something happens here. And in there was a little, I mean, racing contact, but I was kind of hoping it was a little more, <laughs> maybe we could capitalize, but. You know, you always see it on TV, and you don't want to be the guy following them. So we tried to be the hero, but we brought it home uh, third-slash-second, and uh, can't thank these guys enough. They've worked their butts off, and uh, Chad and Kayla Inclum give me such a great piece to drive and Great Lake Structural Drilling. I can't thank these guys enough, and my wife and the kids for their support. Um, it was a good night. To me, it's a win for a car that I never set foot in, and qualifying with the first laps brand new longhorn
2: now a little bit of confidence going into sunday for another 10 grand
4: yeah tomorrow we're gonna unload this one and get some practice laps you know which is a race but uh it's gonna feel good we had tonight a tra- track that we're used to and uh you know we know what we need here i guess and uh so i'm excited for uh the next two nights.
2: travis congratulations excellent runner-up finish
4: Thank you, and I can't thank these uh, great sponsors enough that we got on here, and uh, and uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, get them going for uh, the rest of the weekend. You got it. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank
2: you. And, Zach, afterwards, um, you know, I, I had to wait a while. I, I wanted to talk to Rusty, and um, if anybody knows their – if, if you want to know and see the full video, uh, it's posted on our Facebook page. Uh, we don't need to run that into the ground, but obviously Rusty and Donna did not see th- things eye to eye. Um, Rusty gave me his thoughts on the whole thing. Um, he thought it was a little rough. So I, you know, and that's going to happen when, when you have an incident like that. But, uh, you know, I, Rusty's a stand up guy always is with us. Uh, he was still willing to talk to us. Um, but just an unfortunate night for him. Um, so he did not come back for Sunday uh, by choice. He could have raced, but he, he chose not to. And that was the decision he made. But, uh, yeah, you want to know what Rusty had to say, go to our Facebook page. Uh, that that video is posted there.
1: So you had Saturday as kind of a breather. You have a regular show on Saturday at Merritt Speedway. All the hoopla that comes with a regular show at Merritt. And then, Rich, you, you get a little time to recuperate. I guess, I don't know what you did with your time, but (laughs) come Sunday, it's time to go racing for $10,000 all over again.
2: Yeah. What I did on Saturday was watch Curtis Roberts just stink up a late model show is what I did. Uh, Curtis Roberts outstanding, just drove away. No competition whatsoever. And I thought, wow, is, can he pull the double at merit? Uh, he was awfully quick and he started off the day overall fast qualifier. And I said, here we go again. Uh, Curtis Roberts got that nine hour flying this weekend, but uh, you know, with the new format that they do with the, when they bring on and they make it a joint Sunoco American late model series uh, qualifying and heat races matter. So all four heat winners would redraw and they draw for the first two rows. There's no invert. So all four heat race winners redraw and that would put Travis Stemmler and uh, Chad Finley on the front row. Travis Stemmler drew the one pill. And on the start, uh, Travis Stemmler got out to the early lead. Couldn't get away from Finley. And then on lap 13, Zach, um, boy, a moment. Uh, Going down the backstretch, Chad Finley to Stemmler's rear quarter. They go into turn three. And I thought the same thing was going to happen as what happened on Friday night. And uh, they make contact, a lot harder contact. Finley gets the lead. Slides up the racetrack, Stemmler stands on the brakes, drives underneath him. By the time they get to the checkers, uh, or by the time they get to the start-finish line, Stemmler has the lead back, and Finley goes back to chasing him back down. A few cautions, slowed lap 34, 35, 36. We had a yellow, a red, and a yellow. Kind of slowed the process up, Uh, got back to going going green. Um, Really, nobody could uh, stay with Travis Stemmler. Led every single lap. Chad Finley tried to run him back down, but at the last restart, car would just not fire. He would gain a car length here or there, but never got close enough to mount a challenge. So Travis Stemmler picks up his first all-star performance late model challenge series win of 2021 and the $10,000 payday. And of course I caught up with Travis afterwards. Back in the pit area following the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series 50 lap feature event at uh, Merritt Speedway and we're catching up with your winner. Uh, it's been a while. Travis Stemmler, um, what a race that was. Probably one of the more physical Challenge Series races I've seen in a long time.
4: Yeah, it. uh I mean tonight we qualified good, won our heat race and uh, got a good draw and that uh, set up for this, you know, win tonight. Uh, it was very challenging, you know, to make sure. You saved your tires and stuff, and uh, you know we're uh, glad to come home with the victory finally. Talk about the first half of the race. Um, Chad
2: had a very good car early as well, and there were, you did not have a chance to make one mistake, or he was going to he was going to capitalize on it.
4: Yeah, we uh, pretty much you know we were watching all the support classes knew that you know the bottom was preferred line, so uh, just had to make sure that we could get to the bottom, but. You know, when we hit lap traffic, you know, a couple, you know, a month ago when Cody Bauer was leading, you know, he kind of went high to try to go around a lap car and gave the race away. So uh, we decided to uh, stay to the bottom, and that was our goal, to stay there and uh, ride it out. So that was the goal. Lap 13, big check
2: moment in in, uh, turn number three. Chad gets underneath you. He slides up. You guys get together, uh, no doubt about that. Uh, but you're able to get back by him on the bottom. Yeah, big, big I, point in the race.
4: Yeah, it was a. It kind of like I didn't. I thought I was so low to the bottom that nobody could get me. So I was turning down already. Like I did every lap, 49 laps, I guess, other than that lap. And uh, next thing you know, I see this white car, and I mean, boom, we hit, and I'm already turned down into the corner, and I thought the whole left front was going to be off the car the way that he came in and stuff and I mean we kind of hooked for a minute he went high I shot back under him and uh held on to the lead from there
2: problem lap 34 35 uh caution red flag caution uh, didn't seem to hurt your car you seem to refire for the last 14 laps pretty good
4: yeah the um we went with a hard tire and we vented it and um I think that was a good call of how hot, hot the racetrack was all night so uh We uh, made the right calls in the pits and that's paid off for us on the racetrack and the conditions.
2: Well, now's your chance, as always. Tell us who all
4: makes this possible for you. I I can't thank Inklum Racing enough. Uh, Chad, Kayla, you know, uh, Ron, all these guys, Great Lakes Directional Drilling, Brin Transmissions, uh, Axles Place, Pro Power Race Engines. Uh, I can't thank Helm Electric enough, Cusack Collision. AP Smiley, Prime FX, Force, uh, Norton Equipment Sales, uh, Sharon and Gary Patrick, Rod and Kim, McAllisters, Algeo, Helm Tree Service, Buddha's Drinking Team, Positive Cleaning, Twisted Monkey, uh, Tim and Jody, just all these people that just make everything possible uh, K1 Racing Suits and uh, just uh, like I said, Chad, Kayla. I gotta thank uh, my wife and kids for all their support. I gotta thank uh, Scotty-O, Zach tonight for uh, helping me out for the weekend and uh, just everybody that makes this team possible. It, uh, it's fun to come to the racetrack and it's uh, even funner to win on the 4th of July. I kinda figured uh, we drew the four tonight on the fourth in the number four cars, so I said, uh, this might be a sign.
2: Uh, that- it's got to feel good real quick, uh, get get your first challenge, win of the season out of the way. You didn't have to wait as long last year, uh, and the nice $10,000 payday, that's got to feel good as well.
4: Oh, it is. I mean, uh, we've been working so hard, and this is our brand new race car, and uh, third night out on it. Uh, first night, uh, third slash second. You know, last night we kind of quit on me in qualifying, so that set us back, but tonight to come out here and do this and get a good draw, good qualifying. You know, uh, I can't thank the people behind me enough. My mom and my dad, all everybody, my grandpa and grandma, just everybody. Travis, congratulations. Great job tonight. Thank you, sir. It's good talking to you.
2: And, Zach, I talked to Chad Finley. Who, who, he made it no secret when I talked to him over the weekend. They have not had a good race car the last f- few weeks. And um, he was pretty happy with, with that race car and the feature. Uh, and I caught up to ch- with Chad to debrief. Back at the Pit Area at Merritt Speedway, we caught up with your runner-up finisher, Chad Finley. Man, um, quite the night for you. Uh, you obviously had a good race car all night long. Uh, ran in the top two all night. Um, kind of talk about the first half of the race.
9: I mean, you're just riding around. You know, you're trying to save a tire. Um, I put a thirty on tonight just because I thought maybe that would be better with the rubber situation and everything I've read and everybody I talked to at Hoosier said that you know that that was a thing for us to do off past experience and. I was good, I was trying to put pressure on Travis early, but I was also trying to take care of my tires there and uh kinda remind me of asphalt racing, you're just taking care of your tires the whole time and about twenty to go I really started to lose the right rear and then about seven or eight to go I was completely out of tires. So it was uh it's tough, you wanna win right, but you also have to respect people and have to respect your morals and stuff. Like I have lost respect for him and his team and uh I didn't wanna move him. I kinda got into him a couple times, but it's it's just so hard to pass. So I got by him once and then he did what he had to do to get back by me and that's fine. So uh, we'll just keep working and see if we can come back again.
2: And that was the, I was gonna bring up the lap 13 issue. Going into turn number three, uh, that was your shot really. Yeah. I mean, you really sailed it in there. made a nice save yeah. gathered it up travis got back by you and then you you went to proceed yeah. to running back down so
9: like he was on a 40 so i was hoping you know on a soft tire i could get him sooner than hold him off at the end was kind of what i was thinking and i felt like that was my time to make the move uh he kind of slipped up off a of two and i got halfway in there and i wasn't sure if he, you know see me so i really drove it down in there and i might have you know just barely missed the corner a little bit and he was able to get into me just a little bit which is fine i mean you know it's it's so hard you know we're all trying to race and pass and it's very difficult. So, um, sucks. You know, I always want to win races. We had a, I mean, I mean, the, the positive is we have not been very good the past four or five weeks. We've really struggled and found a bunch of things wrong with the race car. We kind of got back to what we were doing earlier in the year and it's been really good again. So,
2: lap uh, 34, 35, you have a yellow, a red, and a yellow real quick together. Um, on that final restart after that, it, that's when it looked like your car just didn't fire back off like it did before that. Yeah, no,
9: it, it didn't really fire off, I was just out of tire, I could feel the tire shoulders were gone, I couldn't really stick getting in. I was hoping his 40 would seal up underneath the red flag, is what, I was thinking my only hope was there, and uh, we just didn't have enough tire there at the end, so that's on us, that's our fault, and we'll just try to be better next time.
2: Car looked great tonight, solid runner, a finish, who will help you out on this team?
9: Auto value uh, Airlift, my family company, Northside Towing. All my great crew, you know, we've had to work really hard this week, and everybody's worked really hard, and we've had to do, I mean, a lot to this race, Carmen. This thing was tore right down probably Monday after we got back from Larnerville because we were just terrible over in Lernerville. So we put a lot of work into it. We were pretty good Friday night, too. We just kind of started too far back. I think we had a car capable of winning or running second there. So uh, something to build off. We'll try to find somewhere to go next weekend. All right,
2: Chad, nice job. Thanks. And, Zach, uh, Greg Goki who who moved into the third position on on uh, Friday night, he also uh, finished third on Sunday at Merritt Speedway. And for the first time ever, I caught up with a Greg Gokey. At Merritt Speedway, back in the pit area following the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series 50-lap feature event, we your third-place finisher, Greg Gokie. Greg, uh, I haven't seen many Challenge Series races that were this physical. Uh, talk about your night.
10: Well, I mean, it's all on the tires, and you're playing bumper cars. I, you're all fighting for the same real estate, so things are going to happen, and, uh, you know, either go forward or go backwards. Uh, sometimes some choices are better than others, and that's just racing.
2: You were hanging around top five or six last half of the race. You finally made up some spots and worked your way into the top three. Talk about how you got there.
10: Uh, well, Demolition Derby probably most of it, uh, as anyone else would call it, but... We'll keep her classy. Uh, it was good, it was fun. I had fun racing with everybody. Uh, hopefully we uh, get to do it again. Next time, hopefully we get a track that we can not play bumper cars on. You
2: jumped in this Scott and Phil of Motorsports uh, number 50 last year. Um, you starting to get comfortable in this car?
10: Yeah, I mean, uh, Scott took me and did some testing and stuff and it's been really good. Uh, just having fun, I mean. Racing's supposed to be fun, and everyone puts it a little different. We've been having fun doing it, and that's what's showing. Hard work and fun. Tell me everybody who makes this possible for you. Uh, Scott Phillips, Pam Phillips, uh, Tater, um, myself, I guess. We'll do the Spangler one. Uh, No, I mean, everyone makes it possible. The fans, the track owners. I mean, it just... it. uh, it's, it's everybody here that makes it enjoyable. Greg, nice run tonight. Thank you.
2: So, Zach, uh, that pretty much wrapped up my weekend. Uh, had a great time um, at the racetrack. Uh, camped a little bit, raced a little bit, had a few Pepsis, and had a really good time. So, uh, nice to be back home, though.
1: Well, an exciting weekend of racing for me as well, Rich. i got to take in the uh, Great Lakes Super Sprints as they got back in action Friday night at I-96 Speedway. Fans were treated to another thrilling event. The night started at a blistering pace. Elkhart, Indiana's Lyndon Jones, catch this, set fast time with an average lap speed of over 100 miles per hour. The lap was good enough for his first career fast qualifier award. Then Kyle Portinga and Ky- uh, Greg Dahlman led the field to the green flag. Portinga, he continued to pace the field until lap 7 when Lima, Ohio's Max Stambaugh powered around the outside and to the lead. Stambaugh took the lead and then the race was slowed for the second time when Keith Sheffer Jr. slowed to a stop at the top of turns 1 and 2. Stambaugh survived the restart for the next three laps before 2016 champion Chase Reidenauer used the extreme top of the track to go around Stambaugh at the exit of turn 4. Ridenauer also survived a restart of his own when Frankie Neal slowed down on the front stretch and came to a stop in Turn 1. That issue for Neal nearly caused bigger issues when his car failed in Turn 4. It shot toward the outside of the racetrack and nearly collected third-place running Brad Lamberson. Then the entire complexion of the race changed. With just five laps to go, Jet Man spun in Turns 3 and 4 directly in front of the leaders. Ridenauer, with nowhere to go, made contact with Man, spinning wildly off the fourth turn. Stambaugh also encountered damage to his home pro roofing machine, folding the nose wing under. The night was over for Ridenauer, and Stambaugh again led the field with the remaining or for the remaining four laps. Lamberson couldn't stay close enough to Stambaugh in the final restarts to mount a challenge for the top spot. And Lamberson would follow Stambaugh across the line in second. Danny Sams came from seventh to finish third. Greg Dahlman finished fourth. And Phil Gressman rounded out the top five. Lyndon Jones, who had mechanical issues in his heat race after setting fast time, came from the 20th starting spot to finish 12th, collecting the Hoosier Racing Tire Hard Charger Award. And then, Rich, they did it all over again on Saturday. They went to Crystal Motor Speedway, and it was none other than Max Stambaugh who doubled down in victory lane. And uh, guess what? It's our pleasure to get a chance to talk to that guy who doubled down over the weekend. Uh, Max Stambaugh, man, welcome back to the program. What a weekend you had. Thanks for joining us.
5: Yeah, glad to be here. Um, it's, uh, definitely a weekend that uh, you dreamed about, so we are happy.
1: Man, I gotta. so we're going to go all the way back, and we're going to start on Friday. Um, you guys unload. Not really setting the world on fire and qualifying, but you did what you needed to in the heat race, and... From what I saw, as we go back to I-96 and the in the season, uh, the uh, the weekend opener there, this racetrack almost, to me, Max, looked like it was a little bit too fast in that passing was going to be really hard. What did you see after the heat race? What were your thoughts early?
5: Yeah, you know, I kind of agree with you on that. Um, if you looked at race monitor and stuff, the times were kind of around that, so we kind of planned the car on that stuff, and uh, the way the race went, um, you kind of... We started eighth in the A, so we knew we had to kind of try some stuff and uh, get out of our, uh, you know, our box of what we do. So we tried some things, and uh, it looked like it panned out for us.
1: Now you got the lead, uh, you know, around the midway point, and you know things looked like maybe it was going to be you, and then all of a sudden you lost the lead shortly after a restart to Chase Ridenour, he did the same thing that you did to Kyle Portinga. He just ripped the lip on the outside and, and went, I mean, to the extreme and passed you, and that's what you had to do to get the lead in your instance. Was that really the only place that passes were going to happen there? And with that in mind, were you concerned that you'd be able to pass him back?
5: Yeah, so you know, really in that race, you know, I went into the first rolling around the, uh, the middle of the bottom, um, middle-ish more than the, the bottom, but I was running the middle and uh, just kind of running where they weren't. Um, I knew the track would start, you know, I know the six is always pretty dominant on the top, but it just, like you said earlier, it looked like it didn't like run itself in enough. So I kind of gave up on the top and then I heard Chase lit by me and I was like, well, I, you know, I better get back up there. And uh, Chase drove a really good race to feel bad for him um, with what happened uh, and how it all went down. But uh, we were lucky enough to, uh, we were very close to making contact with that. So, lucky to make it out of it and uh, able to hang on for four more laps.
2: Max, when you have a group of cars like that on a track, uh, that's pretty good and, and you're all that tight together. What, what kind of things can you do in the driver's seat to kind of make the difference? Because, uh, you know, you look at all these sprint cars and, and they all look pretty the same. So it, I think it's got to come down to, uh, who's holding on to that steering wheel, doesn't it?
5: Yeah. You know, the thing is, is when, uh, you're going, you're going pretty fast to I-96, so uh, it, uh, it's a big deal. When you're coming around on lap traffic at the I-96, it's, a, it's kind of like a Hartford deal. You know? You're know. you moving pretty good, so
1: um,
5: you got to take that into effect, and it uh, just comes down to uh, where you're going to go and how you're going to do it. And once you go, don't lift.
1: So you mentioned the incident that took Chase out. Uh, we get a lap car at the back of the pack, almost lapped, uh, spins out in a racing deal, right up there in the lane where you guys were running as you mentioned chase uh, makes contact he's done you get a little front nose wing damage and, and i'll ask you the same thing i asked you in victory lane we saw chase have this problem in the heat race where his nose wing collapsed and it was everything he had to get the heat race win for you with five laps to go how concerned were you when you saw the nose was was down on your car
5: um, I, was, I was pretty concerned um, with the nose. You know, it makes the race car tighter. A lot of people don't realize how much a front wing does, but uh, it really makes a difference. So with our nose wing collapse, I was kind of worried, especially with the yellows. I think if I had been out in clean air or something and uh, we'd have just kept racing, I knew we were going to be okay. But with the yellows towards the end of the race, I knew that, uh, it was going to get interesting. So, you know, fortunate enough, we took the green. of uh, We still we I want to say it was four to go. And uh, I counted, I counted every lap on
1: that one. <laughs> and so you actually, and you had to survive two restarts. The one with the incident with Chase with five to go, and then we uh, slowed again for Levi Portinga, uh with four to go. And, and so that was the final restart. You held on, no issues at all. And, uh, man, you talked about it. You joked with me in Victory Lane. Unfortunately, it's our job to constantly remind you that you hadn't picked up a win with the Great Lakes Super Sprints in a long time. How good did it feel to finally get that off your back? Because obviously you can win. You've won another series. You've won with other divisions. And to Rich's point earlier, this group of cars, this group of drivers, so competitive, so fast all the time. Really, I think that came out for you in Victory Lane when you were finally able to get the monkey off your back.
5: Yeah, you know, um, I, I mean, I think you can agree we've been close all year long. So we've been knocking on the door, just things. Uh, I threw a slide job at Lamberson last time there. Um, you know, second, third, third, fourth, I mean, I can write them all down. I got them all down, but it, uh, it definitely paid off. And, um, yeah, so we were very excited. You know, this team has been working pretty hard, uh, working with me on – getting the car right, how I like to feel and stuff. So it it all paid off Friday, and then you know to come back Saturday, and it, it did get a little late over there, but you know it made for a good weekend. You know to go back to back and uh, to pass cars and do it uh, do it the right way was awesome.
2: You know, Max, when you know, like like you're talking about, it's been a while when you when you when you finally make it back to Victory Lane. Um, it almost seems like, and and Zach and I have talked about this before. It kind of takes the cap off of it, you know, and you can get some wins that pop in real quick, just like what happened to you uh, on Saturday at Crystal.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, um, it. Uh, we were actually, we were looking at our stats. Um, the last time I won a double weekend was 2018 with uh, when I was running the horseman's backup car in my 410. So to get a double win weekend, I mean, that, that's stuff you dream, dream about as a little kid, so. Take them wins and uh you know hopefully this is a confidence builder for the whole race team Um, you know it's getting to be crunch time it's it's middle of the year and there's a lot of more races coming up so hopefully we're ready and uh, we can keep uh keep this keep this deal rolling
1: how did crystal go Uh, unfortunately i wasn't able to be there on saturday night and you mentioned it goes late um fatigue on the drivers on the crew everything like that walk me through your saturday what did it take for you and your team to double down over the weekend
5: well, you know, we we didn't run a heat race until nine o'clock. That was that was the deal breaker for me. But hey, you know, it uh, the track actually ended up being pretty good. Put on a good race for the fans. I had to, up because I know I was excited and and I was racing. And uh, you know, me and Daggett got into traffic, and uh, we could both roll the bottom, and we could run the top, but. I think if uh, I, I just stayed on the top, and, and how exciting is it to win around the top of Crystal? I know that I don't happen much. Yeah,
1: <laughs> for sure. And so you're somewhere where you're not used to being up at the top of Crystal, racing with Dustin Daggett, a hometown favorite for sure. Comes down to the wire, you you get the checkered flag, man. Back to back wins. This really, as Rich alluded to, opens up now with the second half of the season. A real decision for you to make because, excuse me, headed into the weekend, you were 54 points back or 53 points, uh, 54 confirming now, behind Ryan Rule, who was leading the point standings here, headed into the weekend. Not a fantastic weekend for Ryan, uh, you know, back of the top 10, if in the top 10 on Friday night, not a great showing on Saturday at Crystal, which is which is not the case normally for that Smith Motorsports team. I think you, this is my opinion, you may have got that break that people talk about where Ryan has a weekend off of his game and now you're right back in the championship competi- uh, conversation.
5: Yeah, you know, uh, we've been running the SOD deal and running the GLSS deal, so um yeah, you, you just told me what you were. I haven't really been paying attention a whole lot to the points. Um, but, you know, Ryan's a good driver, and uh, Smith's know what they're doing. So I'm sure they'll bounce right back at Hartford Friday night, and they'll be ready to go. Uh, I think it's a testament to your team to bounce back. Uh, our team's kind of been on that consistent trail all year, but we just haven't made the jump to get some wins, and I think this weekend we made the jump. So our deal is, is uh, back to the drawing board and not get a big head and keep digging.
2: Well, you kind of walked me into that, you know, it, good for the race team, you know, a couple of big wins, uh, a c- collect a couple of nice paychecks, but what does it do for you? I mean, I mean, is your confidence, um, I would think it's probably as high now as it has been all season long.
5: Yeah, you know, I, I try not to, uh, like I said, get a big head, but I feel like we're rolling pretty good right now. Our, we're all gelling a little bit, we're uh, getting where I like to feel, and and uh it's a the next couple of weeks are pretty big so um like i said take these wins be excited about them but friday night when friday rolls around it's a whole new night you gotta act like nothing ever happened good or bad so i think ryan's pretty good at that ryan knows how to uh, bounce back and and just like daggett you know daggett's been really fast here lately too so there's a lot of good guys uh around right now horseman will be back up next week in michigan and and Dolman and Ridenauer, you know, it's a good group of guys.
1: You know, you and I had a chance to talk Friday after the race, and, and we talked in your hauler, and you said something that that I think is important to bring up, <clears throat> and uh, we, we did a little interview that we won't air because of this interview, but you said you had big shoes to fill with this team coming in after Chad Blonde, and now there's this little transitional period that you had to go through for that first two and a half months or so. Now does it feel like, Max, as you said, you're gelling, you're over that hump, and now you, do you feel like you have what you need at that team now? Do you feel like you have the communication and they understand what you need in the race car? I mean, do you think you're there?
5: I, I think we're pretty close. You know, at the beginning of the year, um, I think we were always qualifying well, heat race good, but our you know, where we failed at was late in the race. I'm not saying we failed because we're still in top fives, but we just couldn't get that extra, you know, what you needed at the end. But uh, I think we're pretty close right now and uh chad's still working with us on all that stuff too so he wasn't there this weekend but i'm sure he'll be ready to go next week he went on a little vacation trip so um it's definitely some shoes to fill with chad and everybody um but uh, i think i think this race team right now is about as good as it's ever been and we can keep digging
1: well you mentioned it and i i would not be doing my job if i didn't flat out ask i think i already know what you're gonna have to say but great lake super sprints you're running up. your are runner-up right now in the points unofficially. I think uh, someone was someone was trying to do some math, unaffiliated, unaffiliated, I should say, with the Great Lake Super Sprints, and they said that if their math was correct, that you would be somewhere in the two points deficit right now for the Great Lake Super Sprints, or maybe even one point. They weren't 100% sure on their math. Other side of the coin, as you mentioned, sprints on dirt in the 410s. And then the, the other thing, too, is that uh, you're sitting third in the fast points right now because you've had a chance to race all over the place, Max. What do you, as a driver, what do you want to chase? Or do you just want to go race somewhere and, and let the team make that decision?
5: Yeah, you know, I'll definitely let the team make the decision. Uh, I think you know me enough as well as I like to race. So to be sitting third, second, and first in a series in July is pretty good deal. So, um. They'll, they'll make that decision when the time is made, and I think we got a little bit yet before we got to make a final hoorah on that. But um, so anything can happen. I can go Friday night and and uh, be in the B Main and, and yelling at you about it for giving me some bad luck. So <laughs> don't do I, that. I, I don't. Uh, yeah, and uh, I like messing with you on that. But you know, we'll we'll just keep uh, keep our head down and race every race, and then when the time comes and we got to make a decision, we'll do it.
2: Max, we got a lot of your fans that listen to the program. Um, Just kind of give everybody an idea over the next couple weeks uh, where they're going to be able to find you.
5: Yeah, so uh, we'll be Hartford Merritt this weekend with GLSS, uh, taking the Royal off, possibly running the Doty on Tuesday, haven't decided yet with the family car. Um, Our 410 stuff's been going pretty good right now, and and, uh, I know the outlaws and I know how good they are, but I feel like that would be a fun race to at least go and uh, show your face at. See if you can get the two laps down and maybe turn something into you know, be there. Um, yeah. And uh, after that, uh, you got a week off and then you're back on July 30th with I-96 with a double header. So with uh, Fast and, you know, the GLSS. So it's going to be a busy month of July. We're ready for it. We're already uh, planning that and uh, we're going to we're going to see what we can do.
1: You bring in double cars to the Fast GLSS show?
5: yeah yep yeah we'll do we'll do doubles all year
1: so nice all right man well hey congratulations on a fantastic weekend of racing i'm glad that you were able to shake the monkey so that i can quit typing that stupid sentence that you've had to read all season and man uh, i hope you go out there and get a couple more and we're looking forward to seeing you coming up this weekend
5: yeah uh thanks for having me just uh want to give a shout out uh you know i'm pretty thankful for this opportunity with uh steve harding and Nefco Metal Cells, and uh, with Shannon jumping on board with Home Pro Roofing, this team's really uh, really showing the the fight in them. And, uh, yeah, so if anybody needs a roof or anybody wants uh, some uh, fabrication work done, you know to go to.
1: That's Max Stambaugh behind the wheel of that Home Pro Hammer Time 5S machine. You can catch it coming up this weekend, Friday at Hartford, Saturday at Merritt. Max, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Hey, have a good one, guys. Hey, uh, and Rich, of course, now that we've hung up the phone with Max, uh, we did get an update from Great Lakes Super Sprint Series officials. Check this out. I wish that we'd have had this update in time to say this to Max so that we could really get what he was thinking. Max Stambaugh, after Saturday night's events at Crystal Motor Speedway, holds a 19-point advantage over Ryan Rule, 57 points over Dustin Daggett. And then a uh, even 100 points over Brad Lamberson in the current point standings for the Great Lake Super Sprints. I'm baffled. <laughs> I think we need to talk to the guy that
2: had, had him down by one or two points because well, he was about and, twenty uh, points off.
1: So, <laughs> but the the guy that had him down for one or two points that was after i nInety six which was accurate. He was two points back after i nInety six. We didn't uh, figure in his uh, run at Crystal, is what we missed there. So, um, man, what the, the Great Lake Super Sprints is is already fun to watch. This it just made it really interesting here for the next half of the season. And, hey, while uh, we're thinking about it, too, I want to make sure that we say thanks to AutoValue and uh, our friends Jeff Finley and Chad Finley. Not only does AutoValue bring you the Great Lakes, uh, or excuse me, the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series coverage, but, Rich, uh, Jeff and his crew provided a little surgery for us on, <laughs> on Saturday as well.
2: Well, they, they did. Um, as you may have, uh, as, as you could hear, and we had problems with the microphone with our wireless uh, on Friday night. And I, I struggled through it the best I could. It was intermittent, so it would happen and it wouldn't happen. So we got, uh, I got there uh, to uh, Merritt on Saturday and I said, hey, you guys got a soldering gun or something because I'm holding a transmitter in one hand and a antenna in the other. So um, we had to dissect. Uh, and next thing I knew, Sunday morning, they show up with a soldering gun and said, Here you go, Rich. Go at it.
1: And everything's so I, all better. <laughs> yeah. So, so I
2: took it apart. Uh, you know, I got to thank Chris uh, from their team as well, helping me out. Uh, you know, we put, put it back together and it worked flawlessly the rest of the weekend. And it got shipped back to you in good condition, Zach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll see if I can keep it in uh, working condition <laughs> for the rest of the season. So thanks to Value for providing coverage of the uh, All Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series. Okay, Rich, time to keep the interviews rolling right along, and, and we talked about winning streaks this weekend. Well, man, it's it's two for two here tonight, just like everybody was over the weekend. Let us know who we're talking to.
2: Yeah, Zach, this gentleman uh, started his, his weekend out at Corrigan Oil Speedway, wrapped it up at Springport, Mid Michigan Speedway, uh, picking up a couple very nice mod wins, uh, makes his home at Olivet, Michigan. Uh, Walter Brinsky, Jr., welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, man. First of all, um, let's start with Friday. Everybody knows, uh, what the wild child 75 means to Tom and Tracy. Um, and it's a big event for you guys that, that run there on a weekly basis. Um, how huge was that for you at the end of the night, uh, to be holding that trophy?
11: Oh, that was, that was absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, the Heaney family, I've raced with them and known them for years <laughs> and, uh, it's just a
1: a great honor to be able to actually won it, so I'm actually very happy about it. Now, for those who um, for those who don't know, Wald, I don't mean to interrupt you there, but for those who don't know, the way that you won it a little unconventional, um, you know, through the process of tech inspection, um, you you're the second car that crosses the line, but you end up with the trophy at the end of the night. Does that change your feeling at all, or is a win still a win in your book?
11: I mean, you know, I really don't like to win them that way. Uh, you know, he he got through the field faster than I did, and and he beat me in the race. So, you know, I feel like, the, you know, I lost that one. But I guess with the tech, you got to follow the rules, and I guess somewhere along the lines they didn't. So I guess that'd give it to us.
2: And, you know, that's what I was going to say, Walt. You know, you were the first one across the line um, legally, apparently. So um, – <laughs> And, and, and unfortunately, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, um, that's you. You have to kind of match the rules when we're all, when you're all said and done. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. You got to you got to follow
1: the rule book. Um, yeah, it's just I guess it's just one of those things, you know. Talk about how long this has been building for you. And, and Rich kind of talked about it, too, with the wild child and the premier event that that is, and uh, you know, you you've been having a successful season so far with Midwest Modified Tour, but now for this event, this this really staple kind of crown jewel, if you will, of modified racing in our area, how how does this, how has this been building for you to be able to get this win?
11: Oh, this this just you know, I I I raced with Brian quite a bit, you know, Brian Heaney, and uh, uh, got to know him a little bit through racing, and and it's it's just. An absolutely incredible win for me. I've, you know, it's it's probably one of the biggest wins I've had to my career. So, you know, I I really, really, I'm just beside myself right now. I'm, I mean, it's not really all fully sunk in that. I was gonna know, say it sounds sounds so much like much you there. haven't really
1: had time to process the fact that you're a wild child winner. Right? Exactly. Yeah.
11: I just like I've had so much going on since, and and nothing slowed down. We've just been so busy and. And I just I barely got time to unload the car. You know the car's unloaded, but just I haven't have no time to do nothing.
2: And and you yeah. know what? What I think is pretty cool is, you know, you've been a champion there before. So it's this isn't like you just fell into this. You you've you're always always have been competitive, you know, up there at Corrigan Oil. But uh, it just shows about, and the the quantity and quality of the cars that showed up for this event. You know what they really thought about Brian and 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 how they all came out along with you guys to support the Heaney family
11: yeah absolutely that that it speaks volume um I just I think it was an incredible turnout and the, the the competition that was there was just like you know second to none they were just an incredible bunch of drivers it was just a lot of fun to be in that race and then to to win it on top of it was just I, I I'm like I said I'm still behind, beside myself I'm 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 not from the outside
1: looking in at it right now. We had a chance to hear a couple of interviews that Big Ed Inlows did with the outlaw drivers earlier in the show, and they talked about how that second groove was kind of coming in, and and really the second groove may have been preferred for the outlaws. For you, the pass for the win on Jason Parrish, according to photos and according to what I've seen, looks like it was set up and really completed on the outside of the racetrack. Take me through for you what ended up being the winning move of the race.
11: Yeah. So, um, you know, I seen him up there and I, I just started creeping to the outside and I did it earlier in the race and it didn't work for me. So I just kept low. But at that point in the race, the car started cutting the corners like it needed to. And I don't know why, but this thing developed a push at the, or it started off with a push and, uh, you know, and then it worked its way out of it. And by the time I got to him, it was cutting the corners like it needed to. So me and him battled it out for 10 laps, you know, real, real hard and it was a lot of fun. I've raced with him, you know, for a lot of years, and we race back and forth, and if it ain't him winning, it's me winning, and we go back and forth, and it's, it's so much fun with me and him. And, yeah, it was the pass for
1: the win, so I think that that, that was probably the highlight of the race for me. And that was what I was going to say, too, is when you're racing with, with Jason, you know, again, as you mentioned, really one of the staple cars week in and week out at Corrigan Oil speedway when you're racing for second, are you thinking in your mind that if something goes wrong, this could be the race for the win? Are are you processing that at that point in the car? Or, Walter, are you just just trying to gain position and gain ground on the leader?
11: Uh, You know, in this race, I absolutely did not. I was actually uh, just trying to get the second-place position to to try to reel in the leader. Um, I I didn't have that thought at all in my mind. I, I don't know why, but I was just concentrating so much on uh r- racing with jason you know it, it was such intense concentration on that little track with him it was just that's all i was thinking about is trying to get hit my marks and trying to to pick up the throttle and the brake at the right time you know
2: so you it was say absolutely, it was incredible go ahead yeah, so, so, so you say uh, you know you, you kind of process this well you didn't have a whole lot of time to process it because Uh, on Saturday, you had to be down at Springport, Bid Michigan speedway, uh, for another very big event and and event that they've put a lot of time and heart into the Lloyd Gearhart Memorial and, uh, lo and behold, you bagged that one too.
11: Yeah, that one, that one was a whole different race. Um, we just, uh, you know, I, I went there and unloaded and I, and, and we were fast right out of the gate, um. We had a mishap with some oil on the track during qualifying and, and I didn't get the qualifying effort that that the car deserved. Um but you know, it, it all worked out in the end and, and we raced hard and that was another good battle between uh me and Demmitt and me and uh Chad Porman. That was that was a lot of fun racing with those guys right there. Now um, we- it was a good good battle
1: now we understand that saturday there was a little different procedure procedure being used uh, maybe different to the track i don't know if it's different to the series perhaps you can shed some light on that but a delaware style double file restart was used for the midwest modified tour saturday at springport how how did that affect your race was that something you were used to is that something that is is uh, that you've seen before how was that for you on saturday
11: yeah i've seen it before i've never actually had a race Uh, I've never been in a race like that. Um, I thought, and another thing, it was incredible. We started off the race with a four wide salute. That was the first time I'd ever done that. (laughs) This Um, sounds like it was a
1: dirt show. I I missed a dirt show, rich France.
11: (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does put you in the mind of the dirt, but, uh, yeah, this was really cool to do that. And the fireworks and all that stuff. It was really, really cool. Asphalt racing needs some excitement like that, you know? Um, but that brings me back to Corrigan where they're, you know, you know, draw numbers for positions, you know, you, you draw for your position and you got to race your way into the feature through the heat race. It's just incredible that what they're doing there.
2: Let, let me ask you, let me ask you, do you, uh, do you like that format? Is that, I mean, obviously it's different to you, um, but it, do, is that kind of up your alley? You know, how you like to compete, you, you know, every race yeah. and every time you're on the track, it means something. Yeah,
11: yeah absolutely. It, it's, it's, it's asphalt racing needs that you know, that excitement in the heat races, because you got a lot of guys that just go out and turn laps in the heat races. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things where I like to reel in the guy in front of me and pass him. I don't care if it's a heat race or it's a feature. And now that you have to, we have to get fourth. And then if you can get in the top three, you get to draw for position in the feature. And that it just makes it exciting for me as a driver. The fans love it. It's just, it's really a good deal what they're doing with, with that. Asphalt Racing Now, to take a look at what Spartan's doing right now.
1: So let's circle back around to that uh, in the fact that you're introduced to Delaware File Restarts on, on Saturday. How was that as a leader, and how was that as a, as a guy running racing through the field? Uh, what sort of things did you have to adjust as a driver to, to kind of take full advantage of that?
11: Yeah, so my, my thought process was absolutely completely different than anything I'd ever uh, experience because I was sitting there in the caution and I knew that uh, starting in third, well, not, I mean, on the restart, I was in third place. So I was going to be starting outside of dimmit and we were going to be side by side, but Foreman was going to be in front all by itself. So I was just sitting there thinking, this is an advantage for me pretty much because it's like I'm starting, you know, side by side on the lead, you know, outside row one, but I'm really not because, Chad's up there, so I knew that I had to run right on the back of Chad's bumper with Dimmick and take advantage of you know going into turn one, and, and that's kind of what I did. So it was a completely different thought process on how
1: I started that restart when I started in third towards the end of the race. So you work your way to the front, and you're yep. le- you're leading some laps. At what point, and and maybe this doesn't happen for you, but at what point are you going? man, I'm going to sweep the weekend. There's a $1,000 bonus on the line for you to do that. At any point, are you kind of in uh, like a dreamland a little bit going, oh, my goodness, what a weekend we're having? To be
11: exactly honest with you, I wasn't thinking about that at all. I didn't want that in my mind. So I, I was concentrating on trying to keep the rear tires under the car because the car was loosening up. And I knew it was good on the restarts, but I wanted to make sure that I was saving the, car, the rear of the car for the restarts. Because man, this thing was loosening up on me, and everybody else's was too, but i I think it's this tire, I'm not sure exactly why, but this this car is just it's incredible on the long run, but at Springport Saturday night, it was loosening up on me, and it just it doesn't normally do that, so my mind was completely on that loosening up, and that's all I could think about, so I was just trying to save the car
2: now, everything, that everything. Mm-hmm. No, go, go ahead. You can finish your thought.
11: Everything, everything in my mind was about hitting my marks again, trying to keep the rear tires under the car, you know? So
2: sometimes I, yeah, I know sometimes that's hard to do, but you know what? I, I'm a flash kind of guy and I'm looking, I'm actually looking on your Facebook page and I see some really cool hardware that you brought home from this weekend. Um, That's got to be right up front for you, isn't it? Some of the stuff you you, you were able to take home this weekend, I think is pretty awesome.
11: Absolutely. That's, for one thing, on the Friday night, that's my first big big check like that. That big paper, or that big cardboard check, that's the first one I'd ever gotten. And then on the Saturday night, that Lloyd Gearhart Memorial Trophy is absolutely incredible. They put so much detail into that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take some pictures and put them online just to show the the craftsmanship that went into making that trophy and I got to take it back to them. They're going to put my name on it. So that's pretty cool too.
1: Just a really cool deal this weekend. What we, what we accomplished. I'm just, I'm so excited about it. Man, this is uh, this is really cool, the weekend that you've had. I told somebody that I was going to bring you on the show, and they said, man, he has absolutely earned it. Uh, you, we've never had you on the show before. This weekend that you have put together really is something special when you think about... Now, it's, it's ironic because on the show tonight we're having two drivers that swept their weekend of racing. But when you stop and think about sweeping a weekend of racing, two different tracks, two different races, two completely different race tracks to be racing on, and again, both really big shows, you put that all together, Walt, and, and man, you have put together a race weekend that people can only dream about, let alone being able to accomplish it. Yeah. Yeah.
11: It's, it's, it's almost unreal. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I just, I don't even, I don't even know how to process it, but I'm, I'm really happy about, I've always worked really super hard on my cars and I try to keep them looking good. I try to keep them fast as I can. Um, you know, it's, i work i work really hard on but you know i really honestly you give all this credit to travis eddie because he built this car and it is a bad fast car just the, the setup is there you know and i got tyler roe's shocks on it rocket fabrication and suspension those are the best shocks you can get if you ask me and i've got the best car i can get if you ask me too so i i'm i'm really fortunate
1: well, uh, you know, you kind of went through it a little bit. Are there any other names on the side of that car? Any other people that you got to thank for this uh, Rockstar weekend? I want to give you a chance to do that if you need to.
11: Yeah, I want to thank my dad, Walt Obrinsky Sr. And Walt Obrinsky and Son excavating. He 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 works really hard, you know, on days I have to get off to race. And, you know, he takes up that extra slack. And our coworkers, you know, my stepson James and and uh, Paul Escavay, they, they work hard so that, you know, I can go do what I love to do. And it's just, it's really nice to have those guys, you know, behind me at the, at the work site so that, you know, we can, we can do what we love to do.
1: Well, Walt, Um, congratulations, man. Uh, Nice, nice work this weekend. What a run that you had. And and as we said, what a way to, uh, what a way to celebrate the nation's independence too. How fun is that? So congratulations. Nice job, man. And Hey, thanks so much for making some time to join us tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Well, what a massive show. It, it was really a massive weekend of racing, so you get a 4th of July special, long edition of Horsepower Happenings tonight. And, uh, Rich, another really exciting weekend of racing coming up, and uh, it's all going to kick off on Friday with the Great Lake Super Sprints. They are back in action from Hartford Speedway. Uh, really looking forward to getting this one underway. A lot of local racing happening on Friday as well, and then... If that's not enough, you've got all sorts of racing going on, too.
2: You know, Zach, if you if you have not had a, had your fill of fireworks this weekend, you have a chance to get some more fireworks next weekend. Flat Rock Speedway, triple 50s next week with fireworks. 50 laps for the Outlaw Super Late Models, 50 laps for the Street Stocks, and 50 laps for the ARCA Figure 8 Division. Uh, race time on Saturday, 7 p.m., I believe typically they for that event, they run features only just so we can get the fireworks going off right around dusk or shortly after. Uh, So it definitely is not a late night. But if you're looking for some more fireworks and that's that's your thing, come on over to Flat Rock Speedway.
1: Saturday's a busy day as well. CRA Junior Late Models and uh, the Late Model Sportsman will be at Angola with the Champion Racing Association. Great Lake Super Sprints at Merritt Speedway Saturday as well. A little bit of Michigan versus Indiana Outlaw Super Late Models Saturday at M40 Speedway. And then Onaway Speedway with a big late model race as well. So uh, a lot of racing going on on Saturday. So hopefully you can get out there and enjoy that. And this note, as we close, next week the show will be on Tuesday because on Monday it's the Red Bud 400 from Anderson Speedway and of course uh, we want to make sure that we get uh, the results from that event before we have our show Um, so 7.30 is race time at Anderson on Monday for the Red Bud 400 so looking forward to that I'll get a chance to be there first trip to Anderson coming up on Monday so I'm excited for that Uh, we have to wrap things up I know you have comments I know you have things you want to say but my goodness this is the longest Horsepower Happenings episode in history so we got to wrap it up for the guy who pays the bills and may be handing us pink slips Scott Menlin for Rich France I'm Zach Heiser hoping to talk to you again next Tuesday July 13th with an all-new episode of Horsepower Happenings
3: you've been listening to Horsepower Happenings catch up on past episodes by logging on to HorsepowerHappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening